episode of Into the Western Wild, a radio ministry of Salmon Valley Baptist Church. Today, Pastor Mike and Pastor Trey unpack what it means to love your enemies. In a culture where vengeance is celebrated, we see a different and better command at work. Jesus commands you to love your enemies and to pray for those who hate you. Hello, Salmon River Country. I am Mike Palmer, the pastor of Salmon Valley Baptist Church. It is good to be with you today on KSRA Radio. And I'm Trey Sapp. So excited to be with our listeners from the End of the Western Wild podcast as well. We really appreciate you listening. Yeah, it's a good day to be around here. Hey, Trey, I want to I want to kick us off this week. Um, over the next couple of weeks, I want us to talk about just a couple of topics that are kind of prevalent. Yeah, and and in our world today, in our culture today, and um, um, we'll start a, a new series in a couple of weeks. But let's just take this week and next week, and let's just talk about a couple of uh, prominent, prevalent issues I in think the it's world a good today. Idea. One, and this is a pet peeve of mine. I'll admit that real quick. We live in a very contentious culture. Yeah, um, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of argument. There's a lot of of, of just vileness. There's this almost hatred. It seems like as a culture, we can't simply disagree with someone anymore. We have to take lines. We have to take sides. Yeah. Um, you know, politically, spiritually, religiously, right. uh, uh, geographically, you can just go on and on and on. And uh, if somebody doesn't agree with you and say just what you say or believe just what you believe, uh, they're not just different. They're not just of a different opinion. They're an idiot. Yeah. You know, they're an enemy. Yeah. Or I could feel attacked by oh, them, by absolutely. their difference of opinion. Like it's it's just not okay to disagree on yeah. something. I don't know how people do that because I'm married and we've been disagreeing on a few things for a while. So I know it's possible <laughs> to disagree and still love somebody. I know that's possible. But um, anyway, what I want us to talk about what Jesus has to say, what the Bible has to say about enemies. Because the reality is in Scripture, it doesn't matter if somebody is our enemy, we're still told how we're to address that. That's right. And I think it'd be good for us as a culture. It'd be great for us as individuals if we could learn to just treat our enemies the way Jesus tells us to. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So many times the Bible, it addresses the current things going on in our culture. Maybe not the specifics to, you know... How do you vote? What do you do with this? But it, but it, at the same time, it addresses these bigger, uh, more core issues. How do you treat people? How do you operate with one another? How do you uh, operate honestly in a crooked world? How do you? And and there's a place in the scripture where Jesus kind of assembled a lot of that into one message: yeah. the Sermon on the Mount. Yeah. Around here at Salmon Valley Baptist Church, we have spent the last couple of years in the Book of Matthew, just walking through that gospel. And so a number of months back, we were in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5, and there's a teaching there in verses 43 through 48, where Jesus talks about how we should treat our enemies specifically. This is what the Word of God says, and, and again, this is right from the mouth of Jesus. You have heard the law says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you'll be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. For he gives a sunlight to both the evil and the good, and he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. 
If you love only those who love you, and re what reward is there for that? Even corrupt tax collectors do that much. If you're kind only to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even pagans do that. But you are to be perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. And like, there's a there's a lot of stuff in here that is not just counterintuitive. It's it almost feels impossible, like well, not doable. Right, it does. It, it it's easy to hate. It's it's easy to hate, That's and right. and it's easy to draw lines, and it's easy to differentiate between people and say, I don't have to like this one. I can like that one. I don't this one over here or or whatever. Yeah. Um. But you know, God calls us to a higher standard. That's right. He says, if you're going to be, because it says in here that you'll be acting like children of God. He, he says, if you're going to, if you're going to be my child, if you're going to be mine, yeah, I want you to act this way. You know what? My dad, when I was a kid, he had an expectation of how I was going to act. Yeah, I, most of us grew up with some kind of expectation of how we were going to act. That's right. And and God looks at us and says, oh, I, I want you to look like you're a child of your father, yeah. a true child of your father. True, not just somebody who talks about it, but you're actually a child of your father. Right. Um, yeah, so love your enemy. So love your enemy. That's all. <laughs> there's there's an incredible piece in this where he talks about, he's talking about God. He says he gives sunlight to both the evil and the good. He sends rain on the just and the unjust. And, I mean, lately around here, it has been beautiful. Oh. The season has changed. The air relief is blooming on the hills. I mean, the... The weather's warming up. It has just been gorgeous. It is green out there. And when you look around at our community, that beautiful sunshine is shining down on the just and the unjust. It's sure. shining down on the on the good people and the bad people, we could say, the, the people that are nice and the people that are acting like jerks. <laughs> That's all of us at times. Right. But, um, but the the both both political parties are experiencing that sunlight, that goodness of God and mm -hmm. um, people that we would agree with and disagree with. So there's, it's this illustration that he's using in this passage to say, look at how everyone is receiving this gift from God. Right. And then he's going to apply it in a much bigger way, much bigger than just the weather or the, or right. the rain. He's going to say, now, now look at this, this extraordinary grace that is open to everyone, you and your enemy both. That's right. That's right. Well, and so because if, if, if we look at this right here, who, who, who is the one that God loves among those? It rains on the just and the unjust, right. you know, the righteous, the unrighteous, and the sun shines and all those things. Uh, which one of those folks are the ones that God loves? Well, yeah. God loves each of us. Yeah. And so what he does for one, he does for all. Now, we may reject it. Not all receive that. Not all become a child of God. Right. But he still has that provision for everyone. Yeah. So he says, you're getting the sunshine? That's cool. You're getting the rain? That's cool. Your cow's got good grass? That's awesome. Yeah. You know what? Did you deserve it or not deserve it? That's not the issue. I provided it for you. That's right. And oh, by the way, I want you to love the same way I provided for you. Yeah. Everybody. It's an illustration of his love. That's exactly right. Because ultimately, and we're going to, as we walk down this road, we're going to see this more and more clear in the scripture. We were all enemies of God. Exactly. So we don't, there's no Christian that has a self-righteous opportunity here because the reality is that as a believer, we need to recognize that we all needed this grace from God. Yeah. Now, when Jesus says, you've heard it said to love your neighbor, they were very, very familiar with that idea. I mean, that goes all the way back to Leviticus. Mm -hmm. And then the, 
you know, some of the Pharisees and teachers of law had had added this part and hate your enemy. That's not in the word of God. No, That's it's just not kind there. of this additional piece that had kind of come along with it's almost the flip side of love your neighbor. And Jesus is is correcting that and yeah. saying, No, 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 I want you to understand God's intention is that everyone is your neighbor, but he takes it even a step further. Uh, verse 44, but I say, love your enemies and pray for those that persecute you. Yeah. It's hard to stay mad at somebody you're praying for. Oh, it is. It is. <laughs> and initially, it's hard to pray for somebody you're mad at. Let's yeah, be fair. That's right. Let's be, let's be fair. It, it's, it, that's, that is a step of faith. Yeah. And uh, so it, 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 let's, just, let's just push this for a second here. If, if, uh, if I got an enemy out there and the Lord says, pray for those who persecute me, love them, pray for them, what's that prayer look like? Yeah. What's that prayer look like? I'm praying for their benefit, praying that God blesses them. Yeah. Praying that God, you know, uh, gives them mercy and grace and that yeah. they know it's, you know, those kinds of things. Um, it's not pray for those who persecute you. Well, I hope the mail truck hits them today. That's right. You no. know? <laughs> Something bad happens. <laughs> yeah. Okay, God, I'm going to be good to him, but you zap him, you know? Um, and I say that kind of tongue-in-cheek, but let's make sure we get there, you yeah. know? Now, maybe God save him, maybe God correct him, convict him, but but in this way that he's done with us. Exactly. Exactly. Not, not in a self-righteous, I'm better than them kind of way. There's this, just like where we started, there's this equality to God's grace that he wants us to recognize here. That none of us deserve. That none of us deserve. That's the equality is That's it. none of us deserve None it. of us deserve it. That's exactly <laughs> right. I am no more deserving of God's love and grace than anyone else. Yeah. You know, sometimes you'll hear people say, well, I don't deserve this or I don't deserve that. I, I don't deserve God's love. Yeah. And we all deserve God's punishment. Yeah. And anything that we have that's not that right now is, is an incredible grace gift. Yeah. Now... When we think about enemies, it's easy to say. And in fact, I remember even a number of people saying to me when we went through this the first time, I really don't have any enemies. Mm. Like I, you know, and, and what they're thinking, they're kind of, um, you know, I don't have a feud going with somebody, you know, we're not um, in a fist fight or anything. But the reality is this you is big. It's plural. It's it's more than just me. It's It's kind of this all of us. And so we can apply this to opponents in different areas of life, whether that be political, whether that be um, uh, anything that we disagree with in the community or, or in the nation or in the world. But it even gets beyond that. For the Christian, that means that it's it's a big plural you. This is all believers are called to love their enemies. That means that we're called to love those that are persecuting Christians in other parts of the planet. Right. So when we, not, not that we we are um, in any way validating things that are wrong that are happening, but that means that we are to literally pray for Al-Qaeda and ISIS and Boko Haram and and that Mm -hmm. the people caught in these systems would be turned to Christ. Not just that they would end what they're doing, that certainly we pray that God would break the back of terrorism, that God would break the back of, of things that are happening that are oppressive in the world, but ultimately that happens through the gospel not through political change. Right. And so this love your enemies is a big, big concept. It's huge. That's exactly right. And we'll probably ought to take a little a caveat to this right here too. Um, 
because God's speaking to us as individuals here. Mm. He's not speaking to us as governments and right. countries and those kinds of things. Uh, Romans 13 makes it pretty clear that uh, 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 governments, I mean, God appoints government, God appoints leaders, and there's military, and there's valid reasons for that. Yeah, and and and, right. and it does not mean that we don't protect. It does not mean that we don't defend. Right. Um, in fact, God says, I've not given the government or the sword to the government for no reason. Yeah. They have an expectation of quality. And, and so we're not saying, man, if you're out there and you're in the military, you know, that you needed to love the, no, no, you need to, you, you need to follow the orders and, and, and do what your country is, is leading you towards. Right. That's exactly right. But as an individual to individual, yeah, as an individual to individual, That's right. I'm supposed to love my enemies. Man. This, when we bump up against something in the scripture that seems impossible, I think it's supposed to. Yeah. It's supposed to seem impossible so that we understand that on our own, we cannot do this. This only happens as the spirit of God works in and through us. It's not something that we can do on our own. We can't just try harder to love our enemies because ultimately, um, enemies are enemies for a reason. Exactly. There's something legitimate going on there. That's exactly right. But at the same time... There's no exception in the Bible. Love your enemy except when... Except that one over there. Yeah, except when they threaten your wife or except when your kids are involved or except if you really, really don't want to. It's just love your enemies. Right. Now, love, love is strong. That's a, yeah. Love does not mean that we are doormats. It doesn't mean that we're just taken advantage of. Love, no. no. Th- there's, a, there's a truth that can be spoken in love. Love can be... Helping somebody see a snake in the grass, you know what I mean? Absolutely. And tackling them before they get That's to it. That's <laughs> exactly right. Yeah, tackling me may not look like a loving thing, but if, if I'm about to fall off the cliff and you yeah. jerk me back and, okay, it's all right. I, yeah, that's okay. Yeah, love will do some hard things. That's right. Love does difficult things. Um, but the motive, the motive, I think that's probably the key to it here. You know, this doesn't even just say tolerate your enemies. Yeah. The motive behind love is that the other person, that individual, um, th- they increase. Mm. They increase. You know, not necessarily their agenda. Right. Whatever, you know. Yeah. But but I want that person, you know, and, and let's be straight. We're never going to change people's um, ideas. Right. By screaming at them. That's right. Now, I'm not saying our motive is to love them so they'll be like us. Mm. But still, we're never going to have a dialogue with folks we're screaming at. Mm-hmm. We're just not. No, it's just going to shut down. So if, but if, but if, if somebody else believes that we want their very best, well, that changes the conversation. Yeah. It actually brings about a conversation or an opportunity for a conversation. It's interesting in this passage, as we start to view this you, this your, as, as big and plural and Christians all over the world. and Well, we also have to recognize in this passage, because just earlier in this sermon that Jesus is teaching, he's talking about some pretty difficult concepts of you've heard it said, but I tell you, you've heard it said, mm-hmm. but I tell you. And, and some of that stuff like um, you've heard it said... Not to uh, curse, but not to curse your neighbor, but I say to you, or I'm sorry, you've heard it said not to murder, but I say to you, even if you 
have kind of this malice in your heart. If you curse right. your neighbor, then it's like you've committed that same sin. That's exactly you've right. You've heard it said not to uh, commit adultery, but I say if you even have, you know, and and so by that, we're all kind of condemned by this. Like, oh, absolutely. We're not just in the, the position of those that are being persecuted. We're also in the position of those that that need this grace extraordinarily. <laughs> God's standard is so much greater than ours yeah. because his standard is perfection. I compare myself to somebody that I think is worse than me. Yeah. You know, well, you know, you'll see, well, I'm not an ax murderer, you know? Yeah. Well, obviously that means we think the ax murderer must be, but then Jesus says, Oh, you've heard it said, don't kill. That's great. But I'm telling you, if, if you've got that anger in your heart towards your neighbor, you're guilty. So it turns out in the sight of Jesus that we're all a bunch of thieves and we're all a bunch of murderers. Yeah, we have a <laughs> common know? need. Oh, we do. And he loves us. And he doesn't look at me. See, I might look at my, I shouldn't say neighbor, to my neighbors out there. I don't look at any of you this way. But <laughs> but I might like to look at look towards a neighbor and think, well, that person's, you know, they're just a thief or whatever, or they're this. And we, we, we put people in categories. Yeah. And God looks at us this way. We're all sinners in need of his grace. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't categorize like there's a good sinner, there's a bad sinner. Yeah. There's a person who's done some good and some... No, we are all dead in our sins and trespasses in need of his grace, mercy, love, and forgiveness. Yeah. Romans 5 makes this yeah. so clear and helps us so much. Because early in Romans 5, it talks about how we've been made right in God's sight and have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. And in verse 2, he calls that undeserved privilege. Mm-hmm. And what's beauty about that, beautiful about that is it, it's by faith. It's not by doing a bunch of good stuff or getting the tally marks so high or getting the scales to balance out on the side of good deeds. It's not that good deeds are wrong. They're wonderful, but the motivation is not trying to earn something from God. Mm-mm. It's because we have been transformed yeah. by God we're, through faith. We're not saved by our good works we're saved to and for our yeah. good works. They're then, a byproduct of that relationship with Christ. That's right. Then the other thing that Romans 5 makes so clear, down in verse 10, while we were still his enemies, this yeah. is talking about our relationship to God, while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through life in his Son. Uh, earlier, verse 8, he showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. I just love that idea because it, mm-hmm. in, down in verse 10, it uses that same word, enemies. That mm-hmm. means that we are loving our enemies because when we were an enemy of mm-hmm. God, he loved us. So this is something that we are doing because it's the example that God gave us. Not just because it's an obedient step to try and earn something from God, but because God said, I loved you this way, and now I'm calling you to love others this way. Our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son while we were still enemies. That's what that verse says. Yeah. While we were still enemies. He was loving us while we were enemies. He was loving us when we were apart from him. Yeah. He didn't love us once we started acting a certain way. He didn't love us once we started doing a certain thing. He loved us before we were born. Mm. (laughs) He loved us before we were worth it or worthy. And he loved us. The Bible, we might not even think about it this way. Man, I don't have any enemies. Are you kidding? You're an enemy of God. Mm. He calls us an enemy of his. 
till we come into the place of right relationship with him. Mm-hmm. So we've all had one an enemy. Mm-hmm. We're, we're people who are either still enemies with God or we've settled that and yeah. we're children of God. Yeah. And he tells his children to love their enemies. That's because that's what he did for us. That's what he did for us. I, I know that's it took a long time example. to go around that block, but I'm <laughs> getting back to that. And again, what's impossible for us to do on our own. This is not something you just try harder to do. No. This is something that God, Holy Spirit, has to do in us. The whole point of the gospel is you can't do this without me. Yeah. It's not a self-help. It's not a, you know, here's how you can improve yourself. The whole point yeah. of the gospel is not go try harder. Right. It's accept what's been given to you. Mm, the gift, that undeserved kindness. Exactly. Undeserved privilege, as verse 2, Romans 5, 2 says. Mike, there's another part of this passage I want us to deal with. Okay. Because if we take it out of context, if we look at it by itself, it can be a very discouraging piece of this passage. It's that final verse that we read in Matthew 5, but you are to be perfect even as your Father in heaven is perfect. If we just read that verse, boy, it sounds like we got to work hard. we gotta, mm. we got to keep our nose clean. we got to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps. we got to do all this. And yet, in, in reality, in those moments when I'm by myself, I know, I know I'm very, very familiar that I am not perfect. <laughs> yeah. How could I be perfect like he is? I mean, this is an impossible, impossible standard. And yet it's right here in the Scripture. And so what do we do with that? Yeah. Yeah, you are to be perfect, even as your Father in heaven is imperfect, is perfect. Um, you know, we have to be made perfect. Mm. Um, God knows you're not perfect. God knows I'm not perfect. Um, God knows I don't have that capability. Yeah. I, I just don't. There was only one who was, and that was Jesus Christ. Hebrews 10 um talks about the sacrifice of Christ. Mm-hmm. It talks about his work on the cross. Right. His death, his burial, and resurrection. Yeah. And and verse 14 says, By that one offering, he forever made perfect those who are being made holy. And he's talking about those who have trusted Christ, those who have received him. Yeah. And so, you know, uh, Trey, when you, you first started dating your wife, I know you thought that, you know, she wasn't perfect, but at the same time. Sure seemed that way. Sure seemed that way. <laughs> because you had this crazy, just crazy love for her. Right. And everything was going to be utopia. Now, we all we all get a little older and wiser and That's smarter. Right. That's right. And guess what? You're not as perfect as she thought you were either. <laughs> Turns out none of us are. But God, once we have received him, once we have received his son, Jesus Christ, then he sees us the way he sees Jesus. Yeah, He sees us wrapped in the perfection of Christ. And we're made perfect. Yeah, He just says it. He says, okay, you're perfect. Yeah. You're made perfect. Now, we've still got a process of salvation. We grow in our faith. We grow in our walk. But, but we, can't do, we can't be any more his child than we yeah. are at that moment we trust him. Yeah. We've got growing to do. We've got maturing to do. Yeah. And uh his love for us isn't going to change. Our love for him will change. Yeah. As it grows and matures. Um, but he sees us. He's made us perfect in Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Completed work. Right. So again, it's not something we say, okay, 
Hey, we're going to be done here in about another four and a half minutes or so. Everybody go, love your enemy and be perfect. That's right. You're not going to do this without Jesus. It's impossible. That's right. It's impossible. And that passage in Hebrews is really clear that it's, it's like the evidence that God has completed this work in us is that we're progressing in his direction. It's like we're we're in this process of more o- obedience, of, of, mm-hmm. of greater relationship with him. But it's, it's evidence of this completed work of salvation that he has done in our lives. It's not trying to earn that salvation no. from God. It's this no. evidence of something completed. We're, we're given a righteousness that we do not deserve. That's right. He declares us right with him. He declares us in his eyes, there to be perfect, to be yeah. righteous. And so we're his child, because that's the standard for being a child of God. You've got to be perfect. Right. And, and there's only one who was, and that was Jesus. If we follow him, then we can become his child as well. He makes his enemies his children. Yeah. He swaps their junk and sin for his righteousness and relationship. Yeah, and now we're, now we're coming around full circle, aren't we? What's yeah. it look like for us to love our enemy? <laughs> If we're going to love our enemy, we can't expect them to change. Yeah, We've got to love them where they are mm. while they're still enemies. We've got to give them some slack that they don't deserve. Yeah, We've got to title them and label them in ways that we've not. Mm. We, we can't wait for them to change. We can't wait for them to be different. We have to place something on them that they don't deserve maybe in our eyes. Right. But that's not the point. Because that's what God's done for us. That's exactly right. Christian, we want to challenge you to something in this last couple of minutes. As a believer in Christ, we want to challenge you to pray for the salvation of your enemy. And you may have to think big picture about that. That might not be the person, you know, on the other side of the field from you. That might be the person on the other side of the planet from you or on the other side of a political line or on the other side of a belief system. But I want to challenge you, we want to challenge you to pray that the gospel will impact their lives. That maybe you will get a chance to share Christ with them. You may be exactly the person that God has called to help them understand what Christ looks like in 2020. You may be the person that, and and it's it's hard to even imagine that, that you may be the person, but you may be the exact person that God has called to share in a way with them that they will understand truly who Christ is for the very first time. And that happens all over the place in the Gospels. At the same time, everybody listening to this is not a follower of Christ. That's right. So if you're listening to this today and you're going, man, these two guys are crazy, they're full of it, I don't know what this is all about. Um, Listen, um, I I don't see you as an enemy. Yeah. We, We disagree spiritually. I believe in Jesus Christ. I follow Jesus Christ. That doesn't mean I would look at you, whoever whoever you are listening and thinking that we're just crazy and full of mud. I don't look at you as an enemy. We disagree. Um, but I'd love to have a dialogue. Yeah. I would love to have a conversation with you about Jesus Christ. That's right. Um, and, and I don't devalue you as a human being or anything of that nature. You know what? It's ridiculous to sit here after the past 27 minutes and go, well, you're some kind of second-class citizen. That's not the truth. That's not the case. Um, We're in a different place. I've got a relationship with Jesus Christ, and you don't. Um, But I want you to have that. Yeah. And I want to have a dialogue with you. I'd love to. Yeah. 
Yeah, if that's you today and, and you want that, that relationship with Jesus, that, that relationship with God that we've been talking about, pray along with us right now. Lord Jesus, we love you. Thank you for dying on the cross for us. Thank you for paying the penalty for our sins. Lord, we need forgiveness and we need your salvation and rescue. Come into my life and into my heart right now and change me from the inside out. Lord, thank you for loving me while I was still an enemy. And thank you for a home in heaven with you forever. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. As we exit out, you're going to hear contact info, information for Pastor Trey and myself. Uh, give us a shout. Let us know what you think. We are so glad you joined us for this week's episode of Into the Western Wild. We want to talk to you and would love to hear how God is working in your heart. Please connect with us by visiting salmonvalleybaptist.org or by giving us a call at 208-756-3324. See you next week. Let it go.